you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey, I don't know if you heard, they said Antonio Brown's going with the Raiders. He's going to be the highest paid. What's his position? I don't know. In the league. So, what's that? Los Angeles? What's the Raiders? Okay, but that's the new NFL news. Bye. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. There she was. Prior Shecky Award winner, newsbreaker now for the DDFP, Kent Brown's mom, telling us about uh, Antonio Brown. I don't know if you had heard, he got traded to the Raiders. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, everybody. Presented by Zaxby's, famous fingers, wings, and salads. Welcome aboard, Zaxby's. It shall be a terrific ride through the draft upcoming. We can't wait for that right now. We're in the midst of free agency. We know Antonio Brown landed with the Oakland Raiders. Raiders departing the Pittsburgh Steelers after that Odell Beckham got traded away for a uh, slightly higher price tag he's now a Cleveland Brown much to get to let's get to all of it as much as we can possibly cover upcoming we have Adam Carolla one of my Ooh. favorite fellows around one of the funniest fellows uh, to ever walk the big blue marble by my estimation he has a brand new special that proves how funny he is it's called not pa- not Taco Bell material track it down at chassis c-h-a-s-s-y dot com or wherever else you find your favorite stuff to stream this is a great stand-up special from the great adam carolla check that out and then also in foot well we talk some football and uh so you'll be intrigued by what he has to say and amused uh too but also i called in sean o'hara 
late of the Giants and also toiled for the Browns because we have behind the glass there, handsome Hank. We have, you know, poor Eddie Spaghetti down in the dumps. I've I've been around the block a few times, so I'm not as emotionally overwrought about Levy and Bell and Antonio okay. Brown. All right, if you say so. You just well, talk, keep telling yourself that, Dave. I'm disappointed. Don't don't get me wrong. But Eddie Spaghetti, he's never been through something like this. Well, he also, um, not only did OBJ break up with him, but also, remember, Landon, who used to work back there? And Landon Remember Collins. that girl who You're used to so be behind right. the thing? Not exactly. Which one right. was she? Little Hazy. Um... I don't know. I can't. There's no distinguishing features, but she used to be behind the glass. Whatever happened to her? I don't remember. No. uh, So, yeah, she is now at Comedy Central with Anthony Jeselnik. Eddie Spaghetti now our main man behind the glass. And uh, Eddie joined me, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Colleen Wolf. I mean, the whole gang went out from the DDFP. We were thrilled to be invited to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. We just went out there. That uh, show is out there for your your earballs to take in. It was a great show show wasn't it spaghetti I, i'll break character that was the best like that was awesome I, I had such a great time the show was a plus the city is a plus i mean we just had a, a grand old time and again sorry uh hank i wish my thick cast partner was there but man oh man did he we, got did but we have on, fun. on the plus side handsome as you can see your thick cap part part <laughs> thick cast partner got even thicker uh, I, he really uh, ate a lot of barbecue and such is that you can't say anything about it that's it still uh wound still fresh for you you could have made it out, Hanson. It would have been great, but it didn't happen. And you know what? Let's not live life in the rearview mirror. You Let's know what hurt most of together. all is that not only did I get rejected there, but if Eddie was like, you know, the thick cast is really taking off. Maurice is the actually the person I want to go because I don't. There's I, no one thicker than Maurice. I can't think. I can't think of anyone better as your first guest. <laughs> That's for sure. I think you should. Definitely. But if Eddie replaced me with him. That would be it. I never replaced you. I went. I ate alone. Uh, Did you? Yeah. That's good to hear. Like I want to. I want to hear about you. At eating the second alone. most uh, like populated uh, barbecue spot, I ordered a pound of brisket, a half pound of sausages, <laughs> half pound of um, uh, pork ribs, a pint of mac and cheese, a banana pudding, and. Did something you eat else. the whole? Lot? I stayed and off. Cornbread. I stayed away from anything that was even in the same stadium in the same ballpark as barbecue and chicken of course because i thought that would be rude to zaxby so yeah, i no, no. i didn't do that i just ate uh you know sushi. yeah i just ate sushi and spaghetti my whole time right. in austin but it was a wonderful wonderful time that we had sure. out there we missed you tremendously but Good. do go back if you're not handsome hank go back and listen there is no chance i'm listening i didn't ask you to i said if I'm you're not, not you i said everybody else should go back and listen to uh I to would, a great time pay me a lot of money to go listen to that south by south West. It was a great time. Thank you for the offer. Uh, and uh, we love doing it. And uh, we hope we'll get to see you next year. Maybe Handsome will come with us then, hmm. too. Maybe I'll get an invite. Handsome, let's start with this. The big news it's not Antonio Brown, not Levy and Bell. It's Odell Beckham. So let's start there. All of a sudden now, everybody is excited about the Cleveland Browns. How say you? What, first of all, let's start here. What success in Cleveland 2019? I think what's it, the I mean, win total? I think it has. I don't know about the win total. I think it has to be winning the division. I mean, already right now, you know, people, personalities, people who talk about football for a living have installed them as the favorite in the AFC North. I believe that um, the people um, who who do that kind of thing as a job, and and then the people who spend their money on that kind of thing have also installed them as favorite in the, in the state that is touching in the state that touches California the state that we're in and there are a lot of other states um, and other, that pl- and and other places in heard. the world where that is completely I think there are a lot of states not, that do that now exactly so uh, they have been installed but you know 
mentally and physically as the as the favorites in the AFC North, and I think that success has to be anything less than that is going to be um, disappointing. Do you think that uh, they now, if they had it to do over again, they would never concede this? But do you think John Dorsey would say, "Well, now that we've got so many stars in this locker room, maybe Freddie Kitchens isn't the best pick for us here"? Well, I think it'll. I think. I think it makes his leash a little shorter because I don't, I think Freddie Kitchens is a guy who no one had thought of. I mean, he wasn't a hot head coaching name a year ago, really wasn't even when they hired him as a head coach. And it, if you remember that whole process was like, okay, we've decided to promote Freddie Kitchens. There wasn't, it wasn't a big fanfare around that. I feel like now that the pressure's on, now that they've got all these pieces, now that everyone believes that they're going to win the division, if they don't, that job is a whole lot sexier than it was three months ago I, I to, if to that, uh, but again I don't think the Browns would brown it up by firing Freddie Kitchens they'd have to go five and eleven or right. something but, wrote, but, they'd have to be real bad for them to move on after but one what year. if what if they knew behind the scenes that whoever is like I am definitely down to coach the Cleveland Browns now and you look at Freddie Kitchens and they're the favorites. Jim Harbaugh. They, Jim Harbaugh. Whatever. Jim Harbaugh wins yeah, the national okay, championship great, great at example. Michigan. And, and actually they only end up eight and eight. I mean, you, 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 you say that they have to be five and nine. If they went eight and eight with that talent across the board and then they knew in the, in the, in the waiting in the wings is Jim Harbaugh or whoever, I don't see that being outside of the realms of possibility that they would say we should probably, because the, the other thing about what they've done is there's a hot, there's, there's a lot of money wrapped up in, players up until the point that Baker has his second contract, which is now whatever, three years away. Mm-hmm. And so you if they don't win big in those three years, at some point they're going to have to do what a bunch of teams we've seen doing over the course of free agency and trim all that fat and start over. Well, they're, start they're over. in as juicy a spot as any NFL team that I can remember, because this is not like the LA Rams of the of the last season where it's, we got to win right now. And then, or otherwise we go into the abyss again of having to cobble together a team. This, the, the, the roster is now pretty young and they should be able to stay that way for the next three years. I was just talking I think three years is the it, three years is the time period. And then you've got to look at it's an eternity in today's NFL. It absolutely is. Right. So, so they have to make the most of it. And that's what I'm saying. If you wait two years, realizing that maybe, maybe Freddie kitchens, isn't that guy, then you've only got one year left of your three year window. I did uh, speak name drop with Joe Thomas, and he uh, he agrees with us. Uh, oh, in fact, good. he informed my opinion. So everything's fine. I didn't speak to him. I mean, they I got can't an be, opinion by myself. They can't be, but I don't think they can be abject garbage, or else uh, it'll feel quite differently. If right. in uh, if around Thanksgiving 2019, we're like, wow, well, thought they would be good. They only have four wins. Yeah. That's a. I don't. I, I don't know then, but otherwise, they should be pretty stable for the next few years. Yeah. So good for them. What this uh, what this means for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they don't have I don't like and I hate to add the Steelers to this heap. Everybody talks about the 98 Vikings 15 and one. They should have gone to the Super Bowl. They never got there. That's one team. But that was a single season. Um, you have the late 70s, early 80s. Um, Dan Fouts, Don Coriel, Air Coriel, Chargers. They never got to a Super Bowl. Only got to that one title game. Vast, a major disappointment. As I always point out, the Green Bay Packers, 28 years with Brett Favre into Aaron Rodgers. Never worse than the third best quarterback in the NFL. Only two Lombardi, same as Flacco and Dilfer in Baltimore. And now I guess you have to add to the scrap heap of history 
the a team that had for five years the best court i had a hall of fame quarterback the best running back and one of the three best wide receivers of the super bowl era they got the one championship game mm-hmm. disappointing that is disappointing i don't know what well, to make about locker room chemistry and all that i can tell steelers fans and anyone else the premise that your qb must be the leader of your team is hooey and applesauce the steelers now as we record at this very moment have cam hayward and marquise pouncey two guys who everyone in that locker room listens to the uh, by from talking to everybody who the people who are actually in that locker room day in and day out all the uh, local beat guys who i talked to have said across the board it was not a dysfunctional locker room there were a couple guys in that locker room that made it that way. AB is now gone. Levy and Bell made a business decision. I have no doubt that if Levy and Bell could go back in time and say, you know what, I'm going to sign that contract. I realize now I would have made 30 something million, probably gotten paid out based on the way the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Rooney family does business. Most recently with Ryan Shazier, they live up to their contracts. I know it's easy to say, what am I supposed to trust the, the word of of a NFL organization in the case of the Steelers. Yeah, probably you should. This is not That's a great thing that they did. For that's Shazier. not I uh, agree. Beautiful stuff with Shazier, but in general, look back. Who don't they meet their contract? Uh, who don't they pay out there? Bell probably would have walked away with more guaranteed money in Pittsburgh. And by the way, would have been in a better football situation. I don't know. Maybe the Jets take off from here with Levy and Bell and C.J. Mosley and Jamison Crowder, who I do think is a great addition specifically for the way Sam Darnold plays. I still I, and also, you know, Maurice Jones Drew, as you know, uh, uh, handsome, I don't have to tell you, says Lev doesn't care about the situation. He cared about the most money. By that measure, he probably should have just stayed in Pittsburgh. He'd already have that money in the bank versus getting it a year it later. It didn't sound like there was, there was stories coming out yesterday that it didn't sound like he was that enamored with the idea of playing for the Jets outside of the money situation. Like that wouldn't have been his his first choice. Yeah, I think there. I think uh, and Anthony Barr decided not. To, I that that as as a sort of as a as a ex Dolphins fan who is um who is going to get kicked out of seeing the Jets fall flat. That's that is really all that's left for me now. Um, the idea that Anthony Barr changed his mind is pretty funny to me. I uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a shame. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was kind of funny. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. What am I thinking? The Jets? Yeah, the Jets. No way. I'll stay in not, Minnesota. Not that. I'm staying here. Um, yeah, we know that Bell, that the Niners took a run at him. Maurice told us uh, when we were in Austin, Texas, in fact, that the Chiefs were kicking the tires. Then they turned around and signed Carlos Hyde. I wonder if they, if the Chiefs knew that that price tag was going to drop by a couple of a million, they would have waited and not signed Carlos Hyde and then taken a better, a bigger run mm-hmm. at uh, 26. That didn't play out. The Ravens were floated out there. I don't know how serious that was. I know they talked to them, but I don't know how serious they ever really got there. Ergo, now he's a New York Jet. We'll see how that goes for him. The fact of the matter is, there's very little evidence in pro football history that you can have back-to-back 400-touch seasons and still thrive. He's now 27-ish when he starts playing again. If you give him that year back because he didn't play, he still has uh, he still has that uh, physical toll. You know, I, I keep saying it, and it's true. 15 years ago, 
the conventional wisdom was, well, if you take a full year off of football, you can never get back to that uh, to that shape. You'll never get back to that form again. Now, everything you hear is, well, Lev Bell's not going to be nice and fresh now. He's going to be rejuvenated. We'll see which one of those two narratives right. works out uh, works out this time around uh, there. By the way, I talked about a lot of this stuff with, uh, with the great. She paid us a visit six, eight weeks ago. Mina Kimes from ESPN. I was on her podcast and, uh, and it had a great conversation around QB and all that kind of stuff. Talked about uh, um, any number of things in free agency. Make sure you track down that episode and listen to that one. She she seems very smart. Oh, she's delightful. Yeah, I know. I'm completely out of my depth. But then I always fall back on reckless speculation. Right. I tried to even win her over. You're charming, so so you probably won her over. I, 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 I tried to convince her if you stay married to these numbers and facts, you can only go so far with what your opinions are. Right. If you free yourself of those, yeah. like shackles, then you can soar. Fly. Like damage. Right. Up the studio. I hope she 16. took that on board. I think she did. I think she did. Um, anything else you want to weigh in on here, Handsome, or should we get to uh, the longtime New York Giant, a guy who I appreciate for wearing it? He doesn't pretend, well, I'm not, I'm not on a team anymore, so now I'm just an objective uh, football analyst. He is a Giants guy. He, he owns that fact, and so he cares. And when, he, when Giants fans are sad like Eddie Spaghetti, Sean right. O'Hara is, uh, is equally sad, although he did do a nice job of turning it around, as you'll hear right now. Here he is, number 60 from the Giants, and also he wore it for the Browns, too. Sean O'Hare, everybody. All right, look at who it is. See, I mean, I guess some people might perceive this to be about commiserating this week. You know, uh, New York Giants, great. Also a legend from the Cleveland Browns. They also are doing some stuff. Yeah, you must be conflicted. It's, uh, of course, I'm talking about Super Bowl champion and Wall of Famer here in Studio 66. Sean O'Hara, how are you? Conflicted emotionally, right? I'm doing well. You know, I think we're probably in the same boat. You know, you've got to be feeling conflicted as well. As a Steelers fan, well, I don't have any conflict. I, I'm just, I'm you know, just I mean, bummed out. Well, that's yeah, all. I mean, a- ABs wearing silver and black. Lev Bell's wearing green and white. Um, both AFC contenders, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, for me, obviously, uh, you know, I've always felt um, a certain sense of pride whenever I reflect back on my Cleveland Brown days. Mm. The Browns backers were tremendous. You know, they, I mean, they traveled just as well as any other team. And I used to always appreciate their passion. When we went on the road, they would show up somehow, some way. It didn't matter if we were two and 12, you know, or that's funny. See, I was cracking wise. Cause you're, I, I, you certainly are more a giants guy. I would think than a Browns guy, but yeah, there's probably part of you that says like, yeah, good for that fan base. Right. No, I, I had such an appreciation for how excited they were when the team came back. And obviously the team came mm-hmm. back in 99. I got there in 2000, but they were just, I mean, they were just so happy to have football back. And, and it was like, they were whole again, you know, Obviously, you they want to see their team win, but I actually lived in Medina, Ohio for four years before I moved to New Jersey, and I was there when the Browns were good, and Reggie, you know, uh, Reggie Langhorn and Webster Slaughter sure, yeah. and Brian Brennan and, you know, Bernie was was throwing the pill, and you had Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack, Ozzie Newsom at tight end, you know, defensively, the original Dog Pound, Hanford Dixon, Frank Minifield, all those guys mm-hmm. know, were in their heyday, so... I kind of saw, man, how great that city is when the Browns are doing well. And then in 2002, 
We went down, made the playoffs, go down to Pittsburgh, had a playoff victory in our grasp. And, Chris uh, Fuamatu Malfala and company took you down. Tommy, Tommy Maddox. Tom, Tommy Maddox did us in. Um, we had some bad defensive calls at the end, too. But, um, yeah, Kelly Holcomb threw 400 yards in an L, which uh, shocked a lot of Kelly people. Holcomb was a good one. All right, yeah. let's. Uh, we, maybe we'll so, yeah, uh, I, get back to the Browns in a little bit and what their, uh, what their future looks like. But let's talk about the Giants right now. Um, like I say, I saw you as soon as the trade went down expressing some, I guess, I don't know if surprise, because we've been hearing for at least a week now, if not much more, than that that maybe Odell would get shipped out as improbable as that seems so uh, so what's your uh, feeling of it right now I was shocked uh, I still am I woke up this morning and I'm, I'm just I couldn't believe it like is Odell really gone is that really how this has this direction has gone I, because the rumors I heard it all and it was almost like hey you know what like I get it, it he's you know, a polarizing figure for a lot of people, and there's a lot of teams that would want to have him, but I just never thought the Giants would sign off on a move like that. I and I also, yeah. I didn't think a team would would give up enough to actually make it worthwhile. So, you know, once I've wrapped my head around, okay, Odell is a Cleveland Brown now. Yeah, usually, usually high end wide receivers fetch somewhere in the range of like a third and a fifth round pick. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what AB got. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's what I, well, I thought that was the going rate. And yeah. That's what I had heard. So I was surprised myself. It's it's remarkable when you see what the Giants actually got in return for it. So I think that kind of makes you understand or why would you do why would you agree to something like this? Um, you know, so but before I put my my realistic cap on, you know, as a player, you know, a guy like Odell, when you're in the locker room, you feel like, hey, man, we got this dude. We can we can win a game. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a quarterback, there is no quarterback in there with that has to go down on a two minute drive that doesn't want OBJ in their huddle. Maybe because, in that situation, when you look in the when you're standing in the huddle and you're number ten, and you look and you see thirteen there, oh, one of the great playmakers of uh, of the 21st century. But is there anything to from from what you know on the inside as much as you can say about it? Is there any truth to Maybe Eli didn't like when Odell maybe said the right things publicly, Eli, but maybe he didn't like it when Odell said, I don't think you can win with a quarterback like Eli. Yeah, I, I never got that sense, and I never heard any of that from Eli. Um, I mean, shoot, he, he I, I talked to Eli a couple times, and, and Odell was over at his house for dinner huh. playing with his So daughters. nothing to that. Okay. So Eli and Odell were always – they were always cool. You know, they were always fine. You know, I mean, they're different. You know, I mean, Odell lives through social media. Eli, you know, I mean, he doesn't understand social media. He doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He still so work, he uses he's, a landline, you know, probably. Yeah, I mean, if you text him, he'll call you. You know, he's not like – he's just – he's old school like that. So that's different. But Eli never had an issue with it. And to be honest, Eli's dealt with it his whole career. You know, he dealt with Tiki, Shockey, plaques. I mean, so this is not new for him, and he can handle it. He understands all that stuff. The one thing you don't have to worry about with Eli is ever hurting his feelings. I mean, he's tough as leather. So from that standpoint, it was never an issue Hmm. with Eli. But this trade was 100% about the economics and the drama. It was not about football talent. I mean, yeah, sure, it wasn't a great year for him. Six touchdowns. I think he had 400-yard games. You know, I, I didn't necessarily see the same explosive takeover game Odell that we saw before he broke his ankle the year before. Um, but I, I think when you look at it, it's not a talent issue. It was really just what are we, where are we headed? 
and the direction that they were headed, it didn't seem to get better even after he got the contract because the drama before all that contract was, man, is he going to show up? He said, he, you know, he didn't, you know, was MIA for, you know, whatever they call it now, off-season program, which I don't know how you're missing from something that's voluntary, but we make a big deal out of that. Um, but they give him the contract, and then, as you mentioned, a few weeks later, without even permission, there's – this big one-on-one sit-down. And it just – there were a lot of things that I think layered up to, all right, you know what, we, we clearly need to make a move here. And it was not football-related. So do you suppose that the way Antonio Brown, uh, the, the his departure from Pittsburgh, the way the whole thing unfolded, do you suppose that Gettleman and company were, you know, inspired by that and said, like, we – Odell, we see a gathering storm here, and one year from now, we're going to be in the same boat that the Steelers were in with Antonio Brown. Again, old school franchise operates a certain way, and uh, social media, I think there's a lot of connection there, as a matter of fact, with that. The the layer is not a small one, this social media. I'm in control of how I relate to the public and everything, and I think these old school franchises are a little thrown by that. Oh, we can't control that as well. So anyway, long uh, long-winded question for you, but do you suppose that the Giants were saying, let's get out of this uh, diva receiver business before it gets too dark for us? I'm sure that was part of a conversation. You know, I think a lot of people use the word control, and sometimes that's a little bit um, played out. Right. Because really, you know, what, what, what can we all really control at the end of the day? But this, the move was, I think there were so many conversations about, are we going to be dealing with this next year? Are we going to be dealing with what happened with Pittsburgh. Now, keep in mind, the Rooney family, the Mara family, I mean, they're basically one family. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very connected. Um, so I'm sure there was a number of conversations. They literally, the Maras literally have someone named Rooney Mar in the family. Yes, so. yes. They have actually have family members that are married in. So they're, they're, their family trees mm-hmm. have a, are connected by branches. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at that and you say, okay, we could very well be in that situation. If we are in this situation, are we looking back saying, man, Maybe we should have seen this coming, and maybe we should have done something. I think when you look at the fact that Cleveland gave them what they gave them, and if you're Dave Gettleman, like the the reality cap that I was talking about before is, all right, if I'm in charge of this entire team and I'm looking at our roster, why are we in such cap hell, if you will? We're in such cap hell because the previous regime, Reese's Pieces, didn't do a good job evaluating talent and drafting talent. So we don't have enough drafted players on on our team, rookie deals that that can give us that cheap labor, if you will. So I've got to pay. I had to pay all these people, and now we're we're in purgatory right now because I don't have enough money because I had to pay a lot of these people just to get make ourselves competitive. And people say, "Oh, well, they're moving towards the future." Don't tell Pat Shermer that. Um, hey, I'm. I'm, I'm working another year. He was one and done in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Don't tell a, a coach, hey, man, we're going to build for next year. No, there's no guarantee. Ask Chip Kelly when he was in San Fran, one one and done. So there, there is nobody that sits in a building and says, all right, listen, we need to suck this year so that we can be good next year and get all these players. No. How do we how do we find a way to, to build a team and win this year? Last year they made some moves, and the one thing I give Gettleman credit for, whether you agree with what his moves and his philosophies or whatever they may be, He's not scared to make a move. And I think that is what hurt the Giants previously. They didn't make draft moves. They didn't trade. If they drafted a guy and he didn't and, and you knew within year two this guy's not gonna work out, they never cut bait. 
Gettleman's not scared to cut bait. He's, and you know what? He's not scared to make moves. We're going to try it. I'm not going to sit here and do nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to – there's going to be some activity. We are going to find a way. You know, you look at Jamon Brown. I mean, they could have stayed with Patrick Omame, a guy that Gettleman signed. But he said, look, it's not working out. Pick this guy up. All right, that solidified it. But that's not the answer. I'm not moving forward. So he's constantly upgrading that roster. In order for him to do that and fill all these holes he had on the defensive side of the ball, you, you take one piece on the offensive side of the ball and you say, man, I, if with this one piece – I could plug four or five spots over on this side. I have to do it. I do think you do in the age of free agency versus, let's say, 1985. I think you do have to be more fluid in your thinking and what, and be willing to move on. Um, but the other side of that coin is um, Lawrence Taylor. If you talk about a guy who had an outsized personality and maybe played by his own set of rules off the field and was dealt with by the legend Bill Parcells, shouldn't that – I mean, they're different human beings, obviously, the the Mara family notwithstanding. But um, it, it, does that give you any pause? Like, well, you, yeah, stars are different, and so you have to handle them differently. There's no way LT makes it his entire career with the New York Giants if he played now. Because? Because of social media. Hmm. There's no way. I, I kind of agree with that. There's no way he gets away with all the stuff mm-hmm. that went happen. I and mean, we've heard about it now in the past, but there is, there's no way he's in the league and gets away with what he did. Hmm. Social media has changed the way that everything is done. Now, I mean, it used to be, hey, stay in the hotel. You can't get in trouble in the hotel. Now you can get in trouble without leaving your bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be under the covers and you can tweet something. You can say something. You can still. Or if somebody's becomes, in that bed with you, maybe they might do something or like that. Or something's on the bed. I right. mean, we've seen it, you know, so it's you, it's a different landscape. It's a different time. Uh, but I think, you know, Gettleman, Dave Gettleman does not care what other people think. He's been around long enough to make bold moves because he, he believes in, in how he's going to build a team. And when he took the job, he said, we've got to win the battle of the trenches. That, that was his mission statement, all right? He's tried to address the offensive line. He just did that with Kevin Zeiler um, helping out this year. He knows he's got to fix the defense as well. At, when the season ended, the first thing he said was, we need to pay, play better defense. We didn't do enough. You know, we scored more points in the NFC East than any other offense, but yet we weren't competitive. So I've got to fix that. So that's been his MO. Um, I, I look at what he's doing and, and look, the Landon Collins thing, I, I think from a player standpoint – Man, if I'm in that locker room, it hurts to know that. That we was just like lost four months ago, right? I mean, it's fi- I, as fast as this is all yeah. moving this I week. Mean, it's I crazy, but yeah, it's St. Patty's Day, the best holiday ever, is coming up this weekend, and here we are. But like, you know, okay, Odell's out. Man, that, I mean, that just that, that gets you right here. Mm-hmm. Landon Collins. I mean, he was the guy in the locker room holding everybody together. That's right. Yeah. When Eli Apple was a wall and going nuts, so you, you see that, and it's man, that hurts. Even Olivier Vernon, Ov is a great dude. You know, and I mean, he's a hard worker. These guys are, they're good people. So it's not personal, it's, it's business. That part of it as a player, it's still hard. It's still hard to come in that locker room and say, man, this is how, this is how we're going to win games. But when you, when you, when you separate that emotion of it and you look at, you know, I said this um, on Total Access when it first happened, I really feel like the Giants, the only reason they were in a position to make this move is because they had Saquon Barkley. And hmm. they could say, you know what? We, we can still be a scary and explosive offense with Saquon. Saquon had more catches than Odell this past year. Hmm. Now, Odell didn't play at the end of the year. So two years in a row now, Odell didn't finish the season. You know, I mean, th- th- those are all little factors too. But Saquon, this, 
You know, I mean, he's special. You know, I mean, they've got to find a way to create some production outside in replace of Odell. And by, well, I mean, I will say, and I'm not a defender of this move because I just don't like giving away high end generational talent like that. That that bothers me. But a couple of things. Of, yeah. A couple of things. About We're going to be that. talking about this trade for like two to three years from now. But by the this way, but by the way, if I'm trying to make Giants fans feel better, Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy as a pass catcher more than he is a blocker and Sterling Shepard, those are those are some nice starting pieces in the passing game. If you assume a lot of play action set up by number 26. Now, I want you to understand, uh, Sean, that I feel and you knew this last uh, autumn. I thought that the Giants weren't going to be good because of their opening seven, eight games. Brutal. I, and and oh, as it I, went, I was brutal. I told you that yeah. before. Before the season started, yeah. you poo-pooed it. Spaghetti did. No one wanted to hear me, but I was right. They just were set up to fail last year. However, now, no Odell, and it does feel like pseudo-rebuild time is here. Isn't this essentially wasting Saquon Barkley's prime to some degree? Because, as you say, it's a, a short shelf life for running backs in the NFL these days. Your prime is season one, the day you show up. Uh, and put on the pro uniform through your first contract, basically, right? And so if you're going to rebuild, you're going to give Saquon 350 to 425 touches in 2019 on a team that isn't going to win the Super Bowl, you're kind of wearing the tread out on those tires unnecessarily, no? Yeah, I, I don't buy into the rebuild mindset. And that's kind of why I think when you look at this and you say, all right, we're – they're not trying to rebuild. They're just trying to find a way to win. Like there, so you think the intent is to be competitive is, in the NFC East in 2019? Absolutely. Okay. This is how do we win right now? All right. Well, they didn't draft a right guard. They brought in somebody who can play right now and who's, mm -hmm. you know, if he hadn't played in Cleveland, he would have multiple Pro Bowls. If he hadn't been in Cleveland and Cincinnati, Kevin Zeitler would have been a perennial Pro Bowler. Um, the void that they had with Landon Collins, they just filled with Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers is a better cover safety and can play slot corner. Landon Collins can't do that. So while it's a big void and a big loss with Landon Collins, Jabril Peppers is a heck of a, a pickup for them, and he's a plug-and-play guy. He's going into year three, so he's not a rookie. There's no learning curve from that standpoint. So you see those moves, and you say, look, they're not, this is, they're not tanking. And they have Eli at quarterback. So this isn't, hey, we're going to – We've got a young quarterback that's going to probably lose us five or six games his rookie year just because he doesn't know any better. And to your point, we're rebuilding for next year. Yes, that would be wasting Saquon because basically you would be saying, all right, we're going to pair him with a young quarterback and he's going to see an eight-man box all year long because the quarterback can't beat the secondary. He can't read the coverage. He can't get the ball out. I think when you look at the fact that Eli can do those things, it's not a rebuild. It's I've got to find a way to create – a competitive defense because I think that we can win right now. I know. Well, that's what Gettleman said, that, that uh, we're going to rebuild and be competitive simultaneously, whether or not you can do that. I think a lot of it hinges on this. You cannot do – a lot of people are saying, ah, Gettleman's stuck in the past. We'll see how this goes down. But the thing he can't fall into is the 21st century 1 plus 1 equals 0 QB paradox, which is carrying the savvy old vet to train it, to train the youngster. If the intention is to, to win and try and make the playoffs in 2019, they should not be using either that uh, 6 or 17 – on another quarterback that gets you if you yeah. if you think Eli can win you games can win you double digits this season then you must build around him 
On the other hand, do you think Gettleman is using these initial moves to package? Here's a conspiracy theory. Six and 17 to move up to number one and try and go and get maybe Kyler Murray. Or is there a chance Josh Rosen lands in uh, in uh, New York? Listen, this is this is my opinion on, on this. I don't think you make all these moves that he just made to get all these draft picks to just lump them all together to go get one guy. Hmm. Because... Like I said, when you're looking at the Giants, they're not one quarterback away from winning at all. They are a number of players away from being competitive. So they they need all these draft picks to build this roster so they can be competitive. Because when you look around at the best teams, a lot of the best teams are teams that have cap-friendly quarterback numbers and or teams that have young quarterbacks that are on rookie deals that they can afford to spend money elsewhere. That's really kind of where the league is going. So um, I, I don't I don't see the Giants going quarterback with the 6th or the 17th because they have so many holes to fill. This draft is loaded with defensive talent, in the, especially in the first round. So when you look at Gettleman, when he went to Carolina, in the first round, he took Star Lotelele. In the second round, he took Kwan Short. Mm-hmm. So his first two draft picks were defensive tackles and building what? blocks for a competitive team. For Carolina Panthers had, years, you right? know, they had one of the best defenses in the league for a number of years because they had two pillars inside right there. So, um, again, that goes back to what I was saying about how does Dave Gettleman build a team? He says we have to control the trenches. To me, that's how you win the NFC East. And you look at who's won the division the last couple of years. Look, the Eagles did it a couple of years ago because they won the trenches. It's so true. The Cowboys had we, the best offensive line. You know, we talk about that all the time here is that uh, it's really a decision has to be made by the GMs and look around your division. Are you keeping up with the Joneses or are you zigging when the rest of the division is zagging? One way or the other, you have to make that choice. And it does seem exactly like what you're describing is the Eagles are obviously dominant on both sides or, or certainly were two years years ago and it looks like they're they're uh you know loading back up to do that again in 2019 obviously everybody talks about assuming uh tank lawrence returns to the defensive side a uh, defensive line for dallas they're loaded on both sides yeah. so yeah so that makes perfect sense when you look at at even week 17 the giants against the cowboys all right the giants were winning that game dak prescott had to march them down the field for that touchdown on the back of the end zone to cole beasley um who's now in buffalo giants couldn't get off the field because they couldn't get after the quarterback. The last two Super Bowls that the Giants won were because they had guys that could just flat out beat the guy in front of them and get after the quarterbacks, you know what. Mm-hmm. And they did that. And and that's what I, I look at. This is the perfect draft to have two first-round picks because if you have a chance to get two of these studs, a defensive end, a defensive tackle, I mean, a linebacker, they need a corner. I mean, they have so many holes on defense. This is this is really good. And also, they could use a right tackle. So I could see them going with those pieces. They drafted Kyle Laletta last year. I don't think they've given up on Kyle Laletta. Um, I think he, you know, he still has some room for growth and he needs some reps. But um, I, I don't think you, you use a draft pick that high and he doesn't help you this year. So I think I would have a hard time convincing myself that one of those guys is worth it to draft this year and basically get zero contribution from him this year, potentially. Jets or Giants, who has the better record? I'll say Giants. Ooh. I think Sam Darnold still... I like Crowder. is a great piece for the way Sam Darnold plays. I like that move there. I really like the Caliche Osimile. Uh-huh, yeah, right. Um, If he can be healthy, then he returns to being one of the more dominant guards. The Jets needed... They needed some an upgrade at offensive line. They, they hadn't drafted an, a, an offensive lineman 
in two years. Brandon Shell was the last time they drafted an offensive lineman three years ago in the fifth round. So uh, they definitely needed an infusion of talent there. Le'Veon Bell, I'm curious to see what his role is in this offense. I think Adam Gase will find a way to get him the ball and, and, and use him. But um, Sam Darnold, look, he was young coming out. I think he's still, you know, he's still going to go through some growing pains. Um, I don't think – I still think Saquon Barkley – is the best player in the NFL right now, hmm. hands down. Whoa! Uh, that 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 alone. Um, Bum offensive that, line last year still yeah. thrived. A significantly beefed up O line going into 2019. So yeah, they're, that they're, should they're be. better. And you mentioned the the start to the season last year. I I threw up in my mouth at least five times watching film the the first seven games that the Giants played last year. And here's why: I've never seen that many whiffs and no hitters by offensive linemen across the board. Mm. I mean, it was, you know, one play, it's the right guard, complete swing and miss. The center completely whiffs on a linebacker. The rookie left guard, linebacker comes right down the B gap, complete whiff, right guard, right tackle. Don't pass off a simple TE twist. Demarcus Lawrence is running right down the A gap. Uh, I've never seen that much dysfunction from an offensive line seven weeks in a row like that. So to your point, Saquon Barkley did what he did, battling that as well as Eli. He's, he could rush for 2,000 yards this year. I think Kevin Zeitler was a big upgrade, huge upgrade. They're not done. I think they're going to end up getting a veteran tackle. Um, and so the, they will have an upgrade there. Um, and I think that offensive line will be light years ahead of where they were last year. Spaghetti, I don't want to let O'Hara go. He's a busy man, so please don't waste his time. Only questions that help the fans, including you, feel a little bit better about things. I think O'Hara has done a decent job of doing exactly that. I the only thing I think it's hard to sell to the fans is that you're going to go into the season again without a new quarterback with just Eli. I just think it's hard to sell the entire fan base that we're going to try to win again. And I know Gettleman just said in a press conference, like, hey, we're going to rebuild, but when at the same time, it's just like, I don't think people are going to buy into that. I'll t- I, I, O'Hara's answer is more important than mine, but I will say, I do think Eli is uh, as uh, when he is good. He is as dependent on being clean as any. I think Nick Foles is another one of those guys, too, by the way. So Jacksonville really better uh, figure out how to protect them. They're they're good up the middle, but uh, they let their right tackle go already. So we'll see. But um, but anyway, go ahead there. I think Eli, if if you if you do give him uh, a clean pocket, he's I mean, most human beings are. It's an interesting dynamic because I'm I'm still shocked to this day at, at how much outrage there is about Eli and how many fans have already turned the page on him like that. I mean, you've ba- you've, they've already made up their mind and really the fan base is split. It's funny because a couple of years ago, everybody was outraged that they benched Eli. Now they want to get rid of him. So what, what, what are you? They're bipolar right now. Giants fans are bipolar. They want to have their cake and eat it too. I, I don't understand it. But when you look at what the Giants have said about Eli two years in a row now, Dave Gettleman, who self-proclaimed watches more film than anybody else. You mean to tell me that Dave Gettleman is sitting up there watching film and he, he doesn't see what Eli can do? You mean to tell me he's blind? He, has, he, he, he doesn't know what he's doing? I watched every throw that Eli made last year too. Did he miss some throws? Yeah. Guess what? Did Odell run some wrong routes? Absolutely. Guess what? Did the offensive line look atrocious? Absolutely. Did Pat Shermer call some bad games? 100%. So there was a lot of dysfunction all around. 
was a rosy and picture you just painted of the 2018 I, I mean, Giants. I'm, I'm surprised that Eli made it through the whole season. So, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that Eli, is, and I've talked to Phil Sims about this. Phil Sims says, you know what's funny is Giants fans love me now. He's like, they hated me when I played. They hated Phil. They they were they were they wanted to, they ran Phil out of town. It wasn't until he was done and you know. Oh, and then, that's why I feel bad for Carson it's, Wentz. It's going to be short of winning a Super Bowl. There's nothing Carson f- Wentz can do. Yeah, to win fans over that are fan. so fickle. And, and look, I love Giants fans, but like they they feel like man, we need to go get a, a young quarterback, get a mobile quarterback. You know who the most sacked quarterback in the league was. I know, but Deshaun, that's Deshaun Watson. So, I know, so but that's people. I know you is, like that one, and I know a lot of guys like that one. But that one obviously comes with the asterisk of if you're a pocket passer, you're getting the ball, you're making your read quick, and you're getting rid of the ball. Those guys are extending plays. Ergo, they're going to get tracked down and sacked a lot because they're gambling as they're running around that I'm going to be able to extend this play long enough to make well, a play, and then they sometimes get sacked. I'm saying in, in Deshaun Watson's case, he had an awful offensive line. And he was, he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league. He still couldn't get away from all that. So even if you put Deshaun Watson behind that offensive line mm-hmm. last year, it would have been the same exact, you know, um, result. So going back to the original point, you know, for Giants fans, I think that they, they've already made up their mind that, man, we need to move on from this. And it's, you know, I always say, look, you, you can go from the pan into the fire, you know, Sam Darnold didn't win many games last year for the Jets because there was a lot of things going on around him. You know, very rarely does a guy come in his rookie year and all of a sudden he's ready to go. But Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. Andrew Luck did as well. Those two guys are probably the most NFL-ready quarterbacks in the history of, you know, coming out of college quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 don't, I just look at it like, um, you know, some people just want change because they've already written it off on Eli. But – fans watch football, they watch games, they hear narratives, and then they just, they assume it. Because they're busy doing their, living their lives and doing their jobs. People that actually study the game of football and that whose job it is to to basically look at film and grade people out and say, all right, can this person still play? They're telling you, yes, he can. Spaghetti, go ahead. Wrap I it up. I was just going to say quickly, is like, and, and I'm with Sean on this too, and I thought leaving Eli this year in was perfect because there were a ton of issues last year. But if you do start to go forward for the future, grab your quarterback along with him, but still have Odell, Shepard, Ingram, Saquon, that's it with the new revamped offensive line, especially because Eli, you know, 30, turning 39, like he's older, you have this kind of this new younger group moving forward. And I thought that made the most sense because there's no better person to, to teach that young quarterback than Eli. That's but, what you see. You're, now, you're the one who's stuck in the 20th century. That doesn't nobody does that the, anymore. The, you draft the guy, no, you play him. But you bring up a good point because the, you mentioned the age. All right, Eli just turned 38, and people say, "Well, you know what? He needs to tutor the guy." And it's funny because two years ago, the Chargers went through this same exact dilemma. Philip Rivers looked awful two years ago. I mean, he was one of the most sacked and hit quarterbacks. The offensive line was unbelievably awful. I mean, they were saying we got to blow up the whole thing and start new. Philip Rivers is trash. And they came to Phillip Rivers and they said, hey, if they draft a quarterback, will you tutor him and, you know, would, would you be willing to teach him the ropes? And Phillip Rivers said, hell no. That's not my job. I'm here to win football games. I would be, I would be angry. And Phillip Rivers doesn't swear. He said, I would be angry if they drafted a quarterback because that tells me they lost faith in me and they don't want to win right now. And what did the Chargers do? They went out and used their two first draft picks on offensive alignment. And Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp. Now, Forrest Lamp got hurt, but they brought in Russell Okun the next year. They 
basically solidified that offensive line, and Phillip Rivers has looked like a completely different quarterback. That's what they should have done a couple years ago when the offensive line was decimated. They were trying to figure out what can Eric Flowers do, and that, that, that basically held them hostage for years. So now the Giants are where the Chargers were two years ago. But the funny thing is, Eli, Ben, Phillip, all the same age. Drew Brees, older than both of them. Tom Brady, much older than all of them. But yet we don't use their age when we talk about them. But it's when it comes inter- to Eli, we say, well, yeah, but he looks like he's aged, you know, in dog years. And I say, well, yeah, you would too if you played behind that offensive line. So you can't – to me, it's not apples to apples. If you want to compare apples to apples, go back and pull up Phillip Rivers 2016 and look at that and compare that with Eli Manning over the last two years. That They're the same. Now, how do you get to what Phillip Rivers did this past year? You've got to get guys in front of you. Hey, Sean O'Hare, you're the tops, man. Uh, great insights there. Hope Thanks, Giants fans feel a little bit better. And I hope Browns fans, well, I know they're already feeling oh, yeah. better. Just don't get your hopes up too high. They're, they're, they're swimming in Lake Erie right now. That is the good question. What is success for the 2019 Browns? Mm. What is that win total? Yeah, Nine? They've won the offseason before. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, great stuff, uh, Sean O'Hare. Thanks very much. Thanks, pal. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Dave Damashek. There you have it, handsome. How stuff. say you? Well, I, I mean, Eli, would you? What if? What if? What if, uh, what if your former team, the Dolphins, could trade for Eli Manning right now? Would that make you I happy? I have no interest. No. All right. Zero interest. I want to check in on on Eddie because I feel like Eddie during that conversation um, with Mr. O'Hara was is is. You know, he's a little bit uh, nervous. One of his greatest heroes, his Giants heroes, probably had his jersey, his poster up on his wall um, as a kid. Uh, you know, I think Eddie maybe didn't tell the whole story there. Eddie, how how are you feeling? Because I was very, very worried about you last night. I could see someone going through the whole uh, rainbow and spectrum of emotions. Mm, yeah. Where are we now? Uh, I was, I'm not in a much different place right. uh, they're, they're, especially what made it worse was the the uh the the wednesday press conference that dave gettleman put out it just you know to say that we're rebuilding but also we're going to win now makes no sense there's no direction the lack of direction the lack of a clear plan is what's frustrating to myself and a, a number of giants fans. what if what i said to o'hara could actually come to pass would you be happy if you heard that the giants have pulled off a big trade packaging the sixth and 17th overall to move up to number one would you be excited about that in a sense, yes. And they're going to take Kyler Murray. In a sense, I would be, but also what's wrong with just keeping Odell Beckham, who could be part of this rebuild, this new young core, and just taking Haskins? Or if you could move multiple mid-round picks for Josh Rosen, what's wrong with that? Like, I just don't get why you're jettisoning away your, your got, like a, a generational talent. I well, I agree. Do you? Yeah, I do completely. I mean, like the, the difference between getting a Kyler Murray who, who may or may not be you know, uh, the the best best quarterback in this draft. And then Haskins, who feels like maybe the safest quarterback in this draft. And having Odell Beckham to, for Haskins to throw to versus Kyler Murray having... Exactly. They were angry. They, they worked out. They I'm were, not sure, like, I don't know what the... Because here's why. Because, I and I know people have been floating this, but, uh, you know, I've been saying this for at least three or four years since we had a powerful sit-down with uh, that included Nate Burleson. I remember talking with him, you know, uh, everybody has their list of like, ah, oh, you want to be a contender for the Super Bowl, here's what you have to have. 
Off that list is a high-end number one receiver. That's just I'm a, sure. a, I'm a statement like, of fact young, at this point. But like, you can't – You re, they re-signed him, and then, so now you're going to have dead money. So you kept him, and Gettleman says, well, I, we didn't re-sign him to trade him. But then you trade him away, and then if we they do this hypothetical trade to get Kyler Murray, it's like, okay, well, now you have Shepard, who's a glorified slot receiver, Ingram, who's been banged up and is not super reliable yet, and you have – defenders now are going to load the box and kill Saquon but, Barkley. And it's like, why would you get it right the, from a guy who was like the best receiver to come in the league since Randy Moss? Like, it makes no sense. But uh, Eddie, you need to, you're, you're too, you've got a little too, too far. Young. You don't, you, you need to get over the fact that someone, that, he, that your GM told a lie. Like, that's what they don't, don't spend too much time dwelling on the I fact just think, that uh, you're right. he said he wasn't going to trade him. That, that doesn't matter. I'm not they really mad about that. that. I'm just mad about, like, this whole, I think he's just stuck in the wrong age. Like, the wrong era of football doesn't really know how to build a team, doesn't know what the well, best no, that moves are. That's, that doesn't. You should have told O'Hare that when he was sitting here. I'm not going to offend Sean, who's tight with Eli. I think you have to. I know what he says uh, may have some truth to it that the line was awful and that Eli record g- this handsome so we can play it back for. A, oh, it's no, already. Right. Eddie, Eddie's it, doing it, that. O'Hara's O'Hara's uh, Sean Sean's statement is that Eli had a pretty Mr. bad O'Hara. line. Mr. O'Hara had a, like bad O line, and it's similar to uh, to what happened with Philip Rivers and the Chargers a couple of years ago. And I understand that, but. Age is still a factor and will always be a factor. Not yeah. everyone's Tom Brady. And you have the opportunity to take a quarterback like Haskins, who was at UCLA working out with Evan Ingram and Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley. It's like, why are you not? Why are you going to get rid of the main piece of that group? And as good as Saquon is, Odell is, uh, I mean, he's an otherworldly talent. And it's just, I don't I agree. I, don't I get mean, it. Dave, I get your point that like a, a number one transcendent receiver isn't necessary. But if you've got one, yeah. I don't necessarily and, and keep, good, no, keep good players. I don't know why you would necessarily feel like you need to get rid of them. Believe me, I don't. I, I you know I'm I'm rationalizing to some degree for spaghetti and for Steelers fans right now. But I do, um, I I I think that the the as I mentioned to Sean or Mr. O'Hara, if you please. No, no, not to you. You can oh, okay. call him Sean. Okay, good. Eddie. I'm just going to call him sixty. But I, as I told sixty. Um, I think that uh, I forget what I told sixty. It was it was a it was a it was a salient <laughs> point that really cut right through it. Um, I think I I think I really nailed it. If I can remember what it was. Oh, it's that I think that the Giants, looking at as O'Hara said, the Maras and Rooney's very close and similar in operating style in in uh, the NFL, probably saw. And we don't see, and listen, the Odell, Odell's a little savvier, a little more under control than Antonio Brown is, but they both love their social media and they love to, to cut out any middleman and go straight to it. I think that a guy who cared about how much he got paid and how he's regarded at the position, I think that the Giants could probably rightly look at Odell, who quietly wanted his touches and say, this could very easily turn into That's a Antonio great point. Brown. Right, that's a great point. Yeah, that's that's. Wasn't the that one I? Wasn't that? Isn't that one I made to you in in my office just early? It is afternoon. before I forgot that you and can. Then, can I tell you something? That is sincerely an accident. I forgot that you're the one who brought that up to <laughs> me. But you're right. I wrote that down. I liked it, and then I good. took it for my own. Good. Well done, you. Well, good. Um, so Eddie, Eddie, I just had to look up. There are five stages of grief. Oh. Denial, anger, 
Did you deny that this could ever happen? Denial must have gone quick, right? Because it was because it happened. It was on TV. You know, you know it was. Uh, he almost burned his Odell shirt. So that. So that's the. <laughs> well, no, hold on. We we'll get to that. Well, we'll get to that one. Denial. denial denial's hard because it was like, wait, is this a joke? Oh no, it's not. Like that. Then okay. you must. They're talking about it on TV. It, it was talked about for way too long and scared me that it eventually might happen. So when I saw it, I was like, right. you've got to be kidding me. Right. But I I did. But know. they weren't kidding you. Okay, so you got two. through denial. Anger. Now, anger, oh, yeah. anger is you. A lot of anger. There was a lot, a lot of, of anger I saw, towards. I saw some of that towards you, the general manager. You yes. hate Eli Manning. You I don't, don't hate, hate Eli. Eli. People Eli. are going crazy on Twitter. I don't hate you Eli. Hate. I love I what Eli. I feel like you love, lashed out at the wrong. Part. You encourage people to drive their cars off a bridge. I feel like, well, there's a certain radio host <laughs> that is fully in the Eli Manning camp and fully against the Odell Beckham and what he did the team. And I just doesn't it matter that thing. he brought you two rings? It does, but it's 2019. It's not right. 2011 anymore. So, but anger, there was the anger was was. People always talk about anger. Let me tell you, everybody talks about pro football being a uh, a brutal cutthroat sport. Yeah, in part because of the fans. Right. My goodness, you were ready to flush Eli down the toilet. He does not have the bulk of the hate. That's toward the front office. But Eli literally put a video up which said, "I hate." Well, I don't have a Gettleman Giants front office GM jersey. I don't know. They don't make those. It's it's a joke anyway. Number three, bargaining. Now, I like because you got into some bargaining because you're like, oh, well, maybe we're going to package up these picks and, and turn it into Kyler Murray. So that was my I, that's my interpretation. I of only bargaining. I only brought that up because I was like, there's no, no that's because that's, bar- that's, 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 that's the third stage of grief. Is that's bargaining, the only and so other that's what you were doing. You know, I don't believe it, though. But in a sense, I, I, I think that this guy's a professional who's run teams. He's run the Panthers, run the Giants. He has to have an actual plan. I can't believe that somebody is hired in a position in the National Football League with a plan this bad. It's like, Ooh, it's like he must be serious if he's talking National Football National League. F- Once he said National Football League, I know he means it. Yeah. Like Kent Brown's back there now. He looks like he's been assaulted by a packet of highlighters. Um, <laughs> the fourth stage is depression. And I can tell that he's depressed. you know how I know? He's heavier than ever. <laughs> that, so and he true. hasn't done his hair. Oh, yeah. When yeah he's, today, he's feeling good when he's excited. He's, he has not done his hair. Does the, no. hair. the hat's on. The, and then finally, and we're not there yet, acceptance. I hope by September you yeah. can reach that point. Well, I think the depression will come back, too. Especially I mean, if he catches <laughs> yeah. if he catches well, 100 balls wearing a Browns jersey, it's just that's When Case so Keenum or even worse, Josh Rosen's Redskins come into uh, New Jersey. With Landon and, Collins. And, and whip Landon you. That's really good. Yeah. That, yeah. That's going to hurt. But, is, but, yeah, but there's no choice but to get to the acceptance point because there is no or you no could be like handsome and just around. quit on your football team and just watch it. Wait objectively. a second. I'm not like Le'Veon Bell. I didn't quit on my football team. I've, I'm coming back. I'm definitely rejoining the Miami Dolphins in 2020. Mm. All right. Well, and I'm all you. and I'm fully on board with their plan for 2019, which is to do really badly so that they will be exciting. In well, 2020 but you know with what? A good quarterback. If you just listen to the right resource, you can probably be reminded football's a simple game fortunately i did get to sit down with the comedy legend and also football seer longtime football player himself he knows what he's talking about here he comes everybody a guy who i do good sports with on the adam carolla show every day if you listen to the adam carolla show here he is adam carolla All right, here he is, everybody. I always refer to him as one of the funniest human beings that walks uh, the planet Earth, and uh, he happens, he proves it in his uh, new stand-up special, not Taco Bell material. You can track it down at chassis.com or anywhere you find uh, the stuff that you like to stream. It's Adam Carolla. What's the poop, fella? Thanks, Dave. Uh, 
chassis, by the way, it's two S's and a Y. It's C-H-A-S-S-Y. It's not spelled like the automobile chassis. So All right, people fine. People should know. All right, very good. <clears throat> How are you, Ace? What a pleasure. I've been on the Adam Carolla show many times now over the years, but I don't know if you've ever been on the, the DDFP. No, and I'm excited to be asked, and uh, thank you. I, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to overstep, but we could do this all the time because we happen to be sitting in the Adam Carolla Show studios here in Glendale, California, instead of down in Culver City in Studio 66. So we could uh, we could conceivably do this fairly regularly in the off season if you're so inclined, or even in the season. I'll have my seconds contact your seconds. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Ace, we uh, we could talk some football here, mm-hmm. but I don't think I ever told you what happened, and I know, I'm sure you've heard it through your seconds by now, but um, the uh, the Shecky Awards were handed out, and uh, it was it was very dramatic the way it all went down. The I, I You know that the white peach um, offended me. It got mm-hmm. lazy. It got, it got yeah. fat and lazy, and it didn't work hard. <clears throat> it got mealy. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. and it thought, like, oh, you know what? No one's going to notice. And mm. when you do that, the game passes you by. And I had to send a harsh but, uh, but clear message, not just to the white peach, but to all the fruits out there. Listen, don't, don't try and embarrass me because I'm not the one who's going to wind up with egg on his face. It's you, white peach. And I declared on Labor Day— you're out of the running for the for the Shecky Award for Fruit of the Year. And wow. no other fruits really stepped up save one. Mm. I was handed. September, October. My lovely friend, my lovely lady, handed me a coconut and said, have you ever had a coconut before? And I said, no, I never. I like coconut candy. Mm-hmm. She handed it to me with a straw stuck into it. Mm. And the next thing I knew, I found I woke up on cloud nine. It's interesting. Have you had that? Uh, I'm trying to think if I've had that. Now, I know there's a big thing with coconut water and hydration. And did the coconut still have the husk on it? Or yeah. was it just the shell? No, no. It was the thing. Yeah, it was the whole husk and shell. But the straw went into it and it tapped into Mother ask- Nature's milkshake. And it was more delicious than any shake I'd ever had before. Let me ask this about the coconut construct. Yeah. The notion that it's an impenetrable shell is fine, but it's like saying, I'm going to take that turtle and put it inside that tank. It's a little (laughs) overkill, is it not? What's the husk of the coconut for? Like, why is it? Why is it? What happened to the shell in past centuries, you that know, it needed uh, here on the planet seven eighths Earth. of an inch of husk around the shell that even Tom Hanks couldn't get into with a hockey skate. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's like saying, I'm going to send this anvil to you. Well, put plenty of packing peanuts around it so it doesn't get damaged. Like, how, how could you damage it? It's an anvil. It's like Bubba Paris, the lineman for the uh, for the 49ers, I think the Rams, too. Two helmets. Yeah, he had the helmet, but he had a helmet helmet, a yes. helmet yarmulke. Yes. You know, that thing on there. What To what end? Why are you doing that, right? Right. So what do we need the husk around the coconut because you can't get into a coconut as is. Yeah, why would nature do that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have an explanation for it. It's a weird thing. But the coconut walked away because it inspired me. I was down, and it, I hope it serves as an inspiration I was, to all the other fruits out there. I was thinking a lot about the coconut today. Mm. I was staring at the fridge, and I was looking at the different yogurt flavors. 
Now, I haven't checked your power rankings in a while. I haven't I, I issued mean, them in a little while, and I'm game to discuss that I, right now. I could find, you know, I could make a trip out to the car and get them, but I, I just off of memory. Yeah. I got a laminate. It's in the driver's side door. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't wave it around, but it, it comes in handy. I don't give that to everybody. Adam. I, I'm That's between us, but okay. Moving forward. I think in the yogurt department, and by the way, what's more upsetting for you, Dave Damashek? Mm. Finding out, like, for instance, that someone you live with likes the wrong toppings on their pizza. Like, my wife gets slices of tomato on the pizza. It was like warm, pussy, flavorless. We went through that at my house not a, a fortnight ago. A mess. Why did you get the tomato? Have I not let you know about that? I, yeah, I know, but it's a, but I, I forgot about it. I mean, I haven't made my point clear enough that the tomato on the pizza, why did you get that? Because I think it's nice. It's not nice. It's horrible. It ruins the crust. It ruins it. Okay, so... Uh, my wife gets the tomato on the pizza, probably because I don't like it. Mm. Um, I'd like to think so, at least. The, when I was staring at the yogurt offerings in my refrigerator, and one was a coconut, and I was thinking about it. And I thought, I didn't like coconut when I was a kid because of the grain, because of the, the, the porousness of it. Uh, or, or I should say because of the fibrous nature of it. It, it somehow sat wrong in my mouth. It's like, papery a little well, bit. Well, it's like a... for some people, it's it's the same reason, but a different direction. Some people don't like, some kids don't like avocado because it's mushy or mm-hmm. something like that. This is one of those things. It's not the flavor. It's the, it's the texture. Yeah, right. And then I thought, well, what yogurt do I really like? And then it dawned on me. Black cherry. You know what? I, uh, I have spent the vast majority of my life down on the cherry flavored yogurt. And now I'm with you 100 percent. Wow. Dave. I have always loved, as you know, cherry candies. And yet I don't love cherries the way you do. Mm. But the yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy to tell you, though, that it, here in 2019, we're uh-huh. just barely in the March now. And I've now had more delicious fruit in just two plus months than I did the entire calendar year of 2018. Led by, of all fruits, the orange. Who the orange. I never had, never, never gave it a second look. It was mm. right there under my nose this whole time. Yeah. It's like Harry and Sally. You I'll know? tell you, quietly, the one of the top three yogurts that uh, isn't really bought. People get caught up in like the blueberry yogurt, which is fine. It's more of a color than a flavor. Lemon yogurt. Nah. People don't do lemon, and I love lemon uh, yogurt. See, That's got to be pre-mixed. It can't be the separate, you know, it can't be the mix-it-up kind. I learned something fascinating on this. Uh, I, it was on uh, the, I'm sorry, it was on uh, Good Sports on uh, the Adam Carolla Show, which you can listen to every day on the Adam Carolla Show. Um, we were talking about the orange, and I wrongly said that the orange should be ashamed of itself for the lazy naming. That, it, you know, that somebody looked at it was like, let's just get out of here. It's 4.58 p.m. on Friday. What should we call this new fruit? Ah, it's orange. Let's just call it an orange. Do you know it happens as it happens? The color orange is based on the fruit that is named orange. Wow. Do you know that? It was called the color orange until the orange, I don't even know who named, was called the yellow red. 
That was mm. what the, or the, uh, the color orange was yellow red. Spielberg could direct <laughs> Spielberg could direct that. Be the Donald Trump story with Oprah Winfrey. But think about orange. that. Is there any greater? Uh, is there's no other color that is based on anything? Uh, blue isn't based on anything. Who wonder who named blue? But orange. What a, what an homage to an item that existed. Let's just name the whole color after that one circular fruit. Well, it is the greatest example of the color orange, as you think about it. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there was the Tampa Bay uniforms in the 70s. Yeah, right. That was a fairly good example of the color orange. But this probably predates that. I think so. I don't know. What I'm not a historian. I'm just a football Gary, fan. Gary, look up if the word orange <laughs> was invented before 1976. That's complicated stuff, Ace. What about— well, Don't nod your head. Look it up. It's I'm not— you know, I I spend I talk to all these guys. I talk to these you know quarterbacks who want you to believe like, oh, good luck learning that playbook when you get to the NFL. That's uh, that takes years to master what's inside that playbook and reading defenses and and then the offensive coordinators they they talk that language. Everybody knows John Gruden was Z banana Y all those all those things. But you are the one I I'm. Uh, I'm ambivalent to, or, or uh, oblivious to all those things, thanks to one Adam Carolla, because about 20 years ago, you taught me that football's a simple game. doesn't have to be so complicated. It, it, it really pretty much could be distilled down to who blocks better, mm-hmm. who tackles better, right? but not at the same time. No, right. Because you know, one team's got the ball. I mean— it could happen simultaneously, but one team's blocking while the other team is tackling. Right. So it's pretty much who blocks better, who tackles better, unless there's a pick. Well, turnovers. Well, then, then whoever's blocking's got to be better those, at tackling. Those are the and most important statistics. The, the, the other team starts blocking. Right. Because now they have the ball. Simple. Right. Right. So it comes down to who blocks better, who tackles better, unless there's a pick or a fumble, in which case they then swap jobs into now I'm tackling instead of blocking. What about and the line of scrimmage, though? You've got to control it. Oh, yeah, right. That's you've right. Gotta control, you've got to control that zone. Pretty basic. Yeah, pretty it, straightforward it down, that that's well, the case. You've got to want it more. Well, or that's you have true. to weigh more. Either or. If you want it more and you weigh more, then you're going to win. Right. If you want it more, but you don't weigh more, it might be a tie. What if nobody believes in you, though? What if no one outside the well, locker room well, in everybody, which you sit, but no nobody, one believes in you? Nobody outside of this locker room ever believed in us, but we wanted it more and we weighed more. Oh, OK. All okay. right. You got to control the neutral zone. The neutral zone is that zone in between the tip of the football and the end of the guy's finger who's in a three-point stance but not quite offside. And so if you do that, then that's that's the you'll win. You, that it, look, you got to control the line of scrimmage, you got to control the neutral zone. Right. You got to block better. Right. You got to tackle better. Got to tackle. Special teams. Look, it's the third phase, but it matters just as much. I don't care how well you do at tackling or blocking. If you never kick a field goal, if when you punt, the ball goes straight up in the air, if uh, extra points mm-hmm. careen off the side of the upright and go foul, 
Well, you might still win if you score, you know, six points a time or you go for two. But you're going to have a hard time in this league. This league, this league. I didn't know we were talking about this league. This league. Oh, okay. The the National Football League. The National Football League. The National Football League. It comes down to offense. Right. Defense. It's a simple equation. Right. Who wants it more and weighs less? Yeah. Or who wants it more and weighs more, in which case it's a tie. Well, you win if you want more. Wait, what you about to attention the to detail, stuff. though? Detail? Got Do you have to do the little things or no? You got to sweat the little things. Oh, you do? Okay. Or you have to sweat them. Uh-huh. You have to sweat those little things. Now, speaking of little things, if you want it more in your little thing, it's going to be hard to beat a little thing, a big thing that doesn't want it more. But it comes down to details, Mm -hmm. repetition. First off, gentlemen, it's the fourth quarter. you got to play like it's the fourth quarter. You have to play like there's no tomorrow. Mm. And you got and what about like if your opponent, whoever your opponent is that week? Do you th- feel like you have to focus on that week's game and that opponent, or is it a good idea to look ahead? I look ahead three and a half games. Oh, okay. All right. Simple. But I start in the preseason. So I land oh, so. on the team we're playing when we're playing them. I got you. you I see, got what you. I'm, see what I'm yeah, doing here? That, that got complicated. But yeah, I think I understand. I start a half a week into the four game preseason. Uh huh. Start looking three and a half games ahead. And what about uh, what, what? What are your thoughts on protecting the quarterback? Is that an important thing to do? Uh, it's not an important thing to do. It's the important thing to do. <sighs> Preach. Yeah. Look, if uh, I don't care, I don't care if you. Ha- I don't care if you took Tom Brady mm-hmm. and Roman Gabriel mm-hmm. and forced them to have a child, mm-hmm. and that quarterback was starting on your team. And he's running out of the shotgun. If he can't get the ball off, you're not going to win ball games. Hmm. I, but you know what, though? Uh, the best offense is a, is a good defense sometimes, is what I've been told. You have to. Look, it's about putting hats on the ball. Mm. You have to gang tackle. Right. And you don't arm tackle. You wrap them up and you put the hats on the ball. As a defense, you have to swarm to the ball. If they're doing a sweep to the right and people are swarming to the opposite side of the field, that's not going to make. Who's going to tackle it? Nobody, as I would think, is the answer. Right? Maybe the sideline, who's the twelfth defensive player, mm-hmm. but he, but he doesn't slide in. But then you're also playing for the guy next to you, or for the. I mean, like, because if the guy next to you, what about the other guy next to you? You you don't play for yourself. You play for oh, the guy I to your it. right. You play for the guy to your left. And the guy behind you, Uh and then sometimes for the guy in front of you, if you're playing either Mike or Stud linebacker, you'd have a guy in front of you. But if you're playing uh, interior line, obviously you're not going to have a guy in front of you. If you're playing for the guy in front of you, that's going to be the guard, the tackle, the center on the other team. You don't play for that guy. You play for the people in your huddle. Look, whatever's going on in the other huddle, that's that's none of your beeswax. Right. You play for... The 10 that are in this huddle, not including yourself. You had yourself, you got 11. Well, nobody else, out, no one outside the locker room believes in you, but the only team that can beat you is yourself. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yeah. You can. You, the only well, and one, also the other team. When you guys are firing 
on all cylinders mm-hmm. and you're playing to the best of your ability, there's not a team in the National Football League who can touch you. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Oh, I mean, they can physically touch you. I mean, obviously, it's a context war, but right. I mean, metaphorically, right. Right. nobody can beat you. That's it. But you can beat yourself and with last, the help of the other team scoring. Right. Or right. not scoring You can't enough. just go out and scrimmage yourself and beat yourself. No. What about the last thing, though? We've covered it all. What about uh, so I, I didn't hear anything about uh, establishing the run game. So you don't have to do that. You have to. Establish, oh, you do still. You have, you have to establish oh, okay. the I didn't run know. game. Look. It comes down. It's look. It's not complicated. It's about running. Mm-hmm. It's about passing. Okay. It's about um, trick plays, gadget plays, hook and ladder. Keep uh, keep of keep, keep the other team off balance. You got to keep is what you got to do. Well, you have to have them guessing. Right. And you have to have them talking. Mm-hmm. It's about putting hats on the ball on the defensive side of the ball. There's actually no offensive and defensive side of the ball. Like if you just look at a football. You wouldn't know what side the offense or the defense was. <laughs> that's, where I start, that's where my confusion starts. Well, I right. see when you throw the ball, you're like, I want the offensive side pointing out, right? And I'm explaining, no, no. When I say the <laughs> offensive side of the ball, I mean who has the off, right. who has the ball. Right. Okay. Right. The offense is on the field. Then okay. The I didn't defense. understand that. I got bogged down with that a while ago. You're okay. living in the neutral zone, my friend. That's I no see. man's land. I see. All right? Also comes down to officiating. It's true. It, you make... Look. But you shouldn't blame them, though. Can I explain something? I'd like you to. 15 yards is 15 yards is 15 yards. Mm -hmm. Okay? You run off a 15-yard play. You got 15 yards. You get a 15-yard penalty. That's not a different 15 yards. It's the same 15 yards. Now, it's not in the same spot of the field, but you know what I'm saying? I think, yeah. It's 45 feet is what it is. It's the same 45 feet. You got to use your head out there. Look, the game is 110% mental and minus 10% physical. Okay? Uh, I mean, I think I got it. See, and that's what I that's I have tried to tell other people what you taught me about this, but, uh, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. Well done. Simple. Mm, Simple mm. game. Look, Why everybody else is so worried about how, how are we going to get over the hump? How do we get the Lombardi? Just do what Adam just said. Defense is about putting hats on balls. Mm-hmm. Offense is about putting balls on chins. Oh, well, okay. I don't, I think. Look it up. Okay, I will. Um, And also, while you're looking stuff up. The color orange was invented in 1512. 1512. How would anyone know that? So before the Tampa Bay uniforms? Slightly. Okay. Um, Hey, so you just heard a wealth of information there. Hear even more. Go to chassis.com. That's where you will find not Taco Bell material or anywhere else you like to stream uh, the videos that you enjoy watching within your homes. Uh, It's uh, Adam Carolla's uh, brand new stand-up special. Watch one of the very funniest people that's ever walked the big blue marble, 1520 or beyond. It's Adam Carolla. It's not Taco Bell material. Track it down, chassis.com. Thanks, Ace. Great times. Thanks, Shaq. You're listening to Dave Ah, the great Adam Carolla, everybody. Good times with him. Good times with you. Good times with Sean O'Hara. Bad times for Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. But I suspect he'll eventually get to the place of acceptance. Acceptance, Eddie. That's what we're looking for. We wish it for you. Whether you get there or not, that may be another story. We'll see how the draft unfolds. And free agency ain't done yet uh, either, fella. Hang in there, huh? Don't burn that 13 jersey just yet. Hey, thanks, Zaxby's. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 